I'm Robin Hawkins, and you're listening to Watered Down Women. If you surveyed a typical teenager in the late 1960s and asked what was on the forefront of his or her mind, chances are that the responses would range anywhere from world peace to LSD. Turbulent and tumultuous are words that have been used to describe the 60s. Cultural norms were shattered and the decade was characterized by its protests and civil unrest. The interrelated cultural and political battles that were happening during this time contributed to the breakdown of the relationships between the seasoned generation and the young people of that era. Older teenagers and younger adults formed their own counterculture and revolted against traditional standards pertaining to music, clothing, sexuality, and drugs standards that were staunchly established and enforced by older Americans. The United States' role in Vietnam outraged student protesters and police response toward those protesters led to violent demonstrations and enraged riots. On a much smaller scale, a particular relationship between an aged man and his much younger wife was simultaneously incurring serious troubles of its own. Before we delve into the struggles of their embattled union, let's take a closer look at the complicated life of the simple-minded child bride, Catherine Campbell, or Kathy, as she was known to her friends. She was born on September 30, 1948, in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And according to accessible public records, she was the only child born to Rosa and John Campbell. The city of Lake Charles is located about 30 miles upstream of the Gulf of Mexico, and it lies along the sandy shores of the Calcasieu River. This deep water shipping channel connects the picturesque Calcasieu Parish seat to the Gulf. An oil rush along the U.S. Gulf Coast area around the turn of the 20th century lured many adventurous young men to that region. At the time of Kathy's birth, the petroleum industry was going full force and a suburban planned community called Maplewood was built to house the numerous workers and their families. My research found that John Campbell worked in the petroleum sector, possibly at a Firestone Research Laboratory. Employment opportunities were abundant in the area during that era, and jobs in the oil industry paid very lucrative wages. Being an only child, we could assume that Kathy led a seemingly comfortable and perhaps rather indulged life. The expanding growth of the region led to a robust and prosperous boom for the local economy. Social and civic developments flourished with the likes of the Lake Charles Civic Center, which hosted many national shows 
and famous pop singers such as Elvis Presley. The historic district boasts large Victorian mansions, and movie theaters like the Lyric and Palace offered an exciting nightlife. And the weather was a temperate 90 degrees during the summertime, and dipped to a pleasant 60 degree average during the winter months. At face value, it appeared that life for a young person, enjoying a charming coastal surrounding, was without worry or concern. Not only could parents provide substantial and pampered lifestyles for their children, they afforded them protection and safety by erecting modern schools and numerous churches to look out for the overall well-being of their offspring. Many opportunities were provided to offer socially acceptable and respectable programs for their young. With such an idyllic existence for its youth. One could assume that life would be equally happy for the adults of Lake Charles, could it? One in Shakespeare's play, *The Merchant of Venice*, the Prince of Morocco chooses a golden casket, and then reads the scroll to Portia. All that glitters is not gold. He was fooled by the casket's bright, shiny exterior, into thinking that what lies within must be extremely incredible. In judging the quaint hamlet of mid-century Lake Charles, one mustn't be like the Moroccan prince and judge from its outside appearance. Corroborating information about the marriages and divorces of Rosa Campbell proved to be quite difficult to ascertain. Certainly not wanting to cast stones, it seems plausible to assume that something or someone. Led her away from the affections of her husband, and from the allure of her seaside home. Because before the time Kathy reached her teenage years, she was living in Harris County, Texas, with her mother and stepfather. At that time, and still today, Harris County, with Houston serving as the county seat, was a much larger metropolitan area than Lake Charles. The space age arrived in Texas. As NASA's manned spacecraft center, later known as Johnson Space Center, was moved to Houston, with its economy booming in the oil industry, and having its own shipping channel, the region might have resembled Kathy's childhood neighborhood in Louisiana. But that's where the similarities probably ended, because according to ancestry records, it appears that Kathy's home life changed drastically. When her mother married a man who had several children of his own, and when Kathy was around the age of eleven, her mom and stepdad had a child together, giving her a brother and her only other blood relative. Living in a home with several non-biological siblings, and transitioning from life as an only child to becoming the new addition. To an already established family and household, Kathy might have felt uncomfortable or left out. Her fairy tale life as Daddy's little princess ended when the metaphorical clock struck midnight, turning her into the Cinderella of this newfound family. It's easy to draw conclusions or imagine how she might have felt, but I could not find any concrete information. 
that alluded to the fact that she was treated any differently than her siblings by either her mom or her stepfather. As with most girls her age, it was sometime during her early teenage years that Kathy's attention diverted away from her home life situation and toward that of members of the opposite sex. According to Stanford Children's Health, girls experience puberty as a sequence of events, but each girl is different and may progress through those adjustments differently. Aside from the physical changes that are happening within her body, emotional developments are occurring and she may experience wide-ranging mood swings, feelings of uncertainty and self-doubt, or she may begin to search for her own identity. It would seem that some type of major non-cognitive event occurred within Kathy's adolescent development because by the time she reached her mid-teens, she was taken in by the attention and advances of a much older man. John Smith, who was 15 years her senior, entered into Kathy's life and she quickly responded to his advances. Age gap relationship studies have shown that women who desire the security of a father figure may seek out a much older man if they have been poorly cared for, neglected, or abandoned by their own fathers. The geographical and relational distance between Kathy and her biological dad may have, either consciously or subconsciously, led to her willingness to become romantically involved with someone who the majority of her peers wouldn't have given a second glance. Aside from the most obvious reasons one would expect for a man pursuing someone young enough to be his daughter, studies have shown that some men marry much younger women as a means of control. If he suffers from his own esteem issues, he may pursue someone who he feels he can have the upper hand with or someone who would totally and solely depend upon him. Contradicting reports have been given regarding whether or not John Smith was married before he met Kathy and if he had any children at that time. In researching the military, marriage, and census information pertaining to Mr. Smith, it almost seems as if he didn't exist prior to their union. Regardless of his unknown past and the details of when, where, and how they met, it's safe to say that he was no more of a sugar daddy to Kathy than she was a trophy wife to him. On January 29, 1966, the couple wed in Harris County, Texas. As the husband and wife were setting up house and starting their life together along the Gulf Coast region, Texans were enjoying a relatively mild winter, and all might have seemed right with the world. However, 1,200 miles to the northeast, on the north end of Mansfield, in a rundown part of town known as Little Kentucky, a massive storm had struck Prior Road. A storm with an unchartered magnitude that caused widespread and long-term damage. 
and I'm not talking about the weather. Watered down women with diluted dreams are home for joy has been washed down the stream. A fool's paradise, hoping to be free, found a new home in the cemetery. Grab a shovel. And join me each Monday as we dig a little deeper and uncover the tragedies of watered down women. With no help from above, passionate promises made with each breath, deceptive affection ended in death, girl shattered.